This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Mark Willard, and this is Inside Giant Moments, presented by T-Mobile, an official San Francisco Giants podcast. In season one, we looked back at some of the most iconic moments in franchise history. Now, it's time to focus on the present and future. We'll cover memorable wins and the off-field moments, interests, and personalities of the 2021 Giants team and staff. Join us for season two of Inside Giant Moments, now. One of the fun aspects of this current group of Giants is that a handful of them were once just like us, fans of the team. Among those players is Mauricio Dubon, who landed in Sacramento from Honduras right when the Giants were starting their magical run to three World Series championships. He and his family were diehard Giants fans, which makes for an amazing story as they watched him become a player for their favorite team. This is now season three in a Giants uniform for you. Can we officially say now, you, you tell me, that this is, this is officially sunk in? You play for the team that you followed when you were young? Uh no, it's funny not 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 really like it haven't sank in yet like it's funny just uh you know just having these guys around and you no know, I had a we have Travis Ishikawa here and I had like a little like fan moment when I saw him <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah do you I, I mean you do you run some of these moments through your head still when you're when you're running into all these people from the past oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I literally like I was. We were. He was. He's the one of the coordinators here, and uh, it was my first time actually meeting him. And then I came in, and and in my mind, I was like, "Can you can you, can you cuss here or no? No, no, right now. <laughs> okay. So no, I'm yes, you. Team. Of course, you, yeah, Mauricio. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, well, let's keep it as clean as we can, but don't worry about anything. Yeah, yeah don't. <laughs> no, I was, I was, I, I was like, dang, that's driving to Chicago. And then the first thing I to him, I like. Hey, how you doing? Nice meeting you. Uh, I was there when you hit the home run at, uh, you know, at the NLCS. Yeah, I, I, I love the story. And I literally, I just went on and on and on. I was like, and then I caught myself. Dang, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not quiet right now. I'm talking a lot. So then I'm like, I gotta tone it down a little bit. <laughs> Where were you that night? Where were you sitting? I was sitting on the third base side, like on the second deck, on the second deck by the third base side. And it was, it was crazy. Still have memory. I remember my host dad telling me, <laughs> telling me, watch, one day you're going to remember this thing for the rest of your life and you're not going to forget. You're going to tell your kids again. And like, till this day, like, I, it felt like it was yesterday. Oh, my gosh. So how would you describe that moment? That ball goes over the fence. You just as a fan, w- what was that moment oh, no. like? As soon as, as soon as he hit it, uh, I was like, okay, it's gone. And then I remember I started hugging lady and the lady next to me. I have no idea who she was. <laughs> just going around and hugging people. We stay there for a ceremony. It was crazy. It was crazy. My first, my like the thing I remember the most is PB trying to grab uh, a Chicago uh, around the third base side. 
Oh, man, what a moment, what a moment. You know, I, I wonder before all that took place, let's go back to before you got to California and you're in Honduras. Are, are, to what level are you following MLB and did you have a favorite team then? You know, I mean, I follow, like, when they play Sunday night baseball or, or like, anybody play and literally, like, I didn't, I mean, obviously, like, you know, the Yankees are well around over there. You know, Jeter, you know, that, that like, literally, the main guy you know about over there just because that's the most popular guy. But I followed, I didn't like know many baseball players. So I got to the States and started watching baseball pretty much every day and you know, following the Giants pretty much every day since I got here. And, you know, it, it was it was just crazy just, though, like the feeling you get for a team and everything. I, I always wonder how, like, people get so into stuff. And, you know, when I was a fan, I was, uh, I, was I, I got into it. I, actually, we had a conversation with Croft. Uh, this morning about it, like saying uh, he was talking about the gloves and everything, and and he was mentioning about yeah, yeah I remember I don't remember he said I don't remember if you had this color of glove when I, in 2009 and I, and I actually actually correct no you had this, this color of glove this year. <laughs> so you 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 know more about Brandon Crawford 2011 than he does. Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, that's interesting. You make you make the call to come to the states. You end up in Sacramento, and I'd love to hear about how that relationship with the Giants as a fan starts to develop. Yeah, like my whole my whole family was a big Giants fan. Big Giants fan. When I got into my room, it was literally like Giants all over. Like the room was painted in orange and black, and like posters all over the place. And literally, like every day. Seven o'clock, Giants are playing. Hmm. Uh, one o'clock and uh, Sundays after church, we go. Giants are playing, and literally every day, like oh, the Giants are playing today. The Giants are playing today, and you know Sacramento's around around the corner. So my high school coach, big Giants fan. So so he's like since it was meant to since since I got to the states, all I think was was Giants, Giants, and Giants. Uh, and, and, and then here you are. And I wonder, you know, you even said a few minutes ago, no, it, it, it hasn't really fully sunk in. And so I wonder when it's time stamped in your mind, does it feel like yesterday? Does it feel like forever ago? I mean, this was only about a decade ago that we're talking about. You know, it's crazy just because it, it feels like, like, like three years ago, I was still playing high school, going, good, uh, going on the highway, going to see the Giants play, and I'm you know, excited to go to. At that time, it was AT and T, and and just you know just watching the guys play and everything. And now I'm, you know, you know it's it's, it's I get em- not emotional, but I, I get like a little feeling of every time I put that cream uniform and going out there and playing, you know, hearing hearing Rennell just say my name, it's it, it's pretty special. So still, uh, going into year three, I mean, will this. Will that feeling ever go away? You think? Uh, I hope not. I hope not. I hope you know. I'm always uh, like, like, and like it's going. I don't think it's gonna go away. It's just because you know it's Sacramento, pretty much. Uh, you know, everybody, Giants fan, and you know, coming and my whole family is over there. So we're gonna come back and the Giants fan, big Giants fans, big. You know, and, and it's like it's crazy. Just you know, the one team I rooting for and you know five years later i'm, I'm here with them it's, it's pretty pretty crazy it's, it's wild how often did you go to games when you were with your host family 
Oh, I, I went to a lot of games. Went to a lot of games. Anytime we had a chance, no, no summer, ball, no um, travel ball, no baseball, no anything. We we, we just go to the you know to the bay and watch a game. Uh, to what level are you still in, in touch with them? I, I I would assume I would assume you are, but uh, you know oh, no. with no, yeah with 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 their relationship with the Giants, um, how how in touch are, are you on that level? Oh no, they're my mom and my dad. I mean, they 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 were here a couple of days in, from uh, they came from Cali to watch a couple of spring training games. I mean, in the off days, I try to go back over there to Sacramento and then just you know spend time with them. Then come back here. They go to the Giants games. I mean, when I got called up, they went to the they they went to the, they did the drive for like a week from Sacramento to San Francisco just to watch me play. You know, it's interesting. I sort of thought timing-wise, as you arrived, it's right when the Giants were were starting their their epic run, and, and I and I thought maybe that's why you became such a fan. But it sounds like the family you were with were diehards, no matter win or lose. So, uh, do do you think that that your fandom is larger because of the timing uh, of all of it, or would it have been this way either way? I think it would have been this way just because the only the only baseball they show was San Francisco. Like that was the thing. That was the only guys like like I like it show like for me like when I went to the it, it, they were not we were not watching MLB Network. We were watching you know uh the Giants uh, TV station and everything. And it was just like just it was like every day like Giants Giants and so you grew up you know you you rooting for them or dang like how come they didn't make a play or something. Like it was it was it was crazy. I actually told my dad, like, do you, you cuss now when I'm playing? Like, because you cuss a lot when he's playing. So I'm like, hey, remember, I remember I told him, like, hey, remember that when I uh, screw up the base running, do you uh, do you cuss at me or what do you like? You know, do you realize that it was me? I'm like, well, at the beginning I was a little, you know, upset, but then I realized it was you, so it kind of went away a little bit. So, but no, nah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like sounds like the answer might have been yes. Like you think he's yeah, ever cussed yeah, at the he, TV when he's talking to you? Oh yeah, he probably cussed me out a couple of times. <laughs> I, I wonder who had your attention the most back then. We we know your love for Crawford. We know your love for Posey. These guys are teammates now. Craw at your position back then. Buster was the MVP in the face of the team. Who had your attention the most? You know, um, yeah. I mean, for for me, it was I just for me it was crawl like I just coming in, you know, play short and you know having that swagger coming in the game and and um, you know it's it's crazy. I mean, that guy won a gold glove and being so good and everything. But the thing with Posey, that he handled himself back in like in the thing and then the thing that little that I told, <laughs> I told my wife I've been heartbroken twice in my life when. Uh, when my first girlfriend said no, and then when uh, Buster Posey got hurt. Wow. That's a big statement. Yeah. yeah. When he got hurt in 11, I, I, my mom cried, actually. Yeah, how often do you reflect on, on something like that? Because, by the way, looks like it all worked out. I mean, now you have found uh, your uh, your rightful partner in, in life, and you're also a teammate of Buster Posey's. So... Uh, all oh, yeah. those tears back then, and look at the way it worked out. Yeah, oh yeah, thank God I'm with my wife. Could she? Honestly, I wouldn't be here without her. She's been amazing on every step of the way. It's crazy how how life works, and you know she's been unreal and awesome. 
sometimes I take a step back and say, thank God I, she chose me because <laughs> I, I definitely chose her, but she chose me. And, and, and you know, with Posey, it's crazy now just because, you know, he's a, he's a crazy, unreal career. You want to have that as a player when you, you know, come up in the big leagues. And he's a, I mean, he has pretty much accomplished everything and, and, uh, and what you can accomplish in baseball. And, you know, it, it's just crazy having him around and his, having his, like, his thoughts on things and the mentality. Um, you mentioned that when you were still in Honduras, you know, you only heard about the Yankees or, or Derek Jeter. What about now because of you? Is is Honduras Giants country? Oh, it's crazy. It's, <laughs> uh, that was the third time I was with my wife a couple of days ago. Like, I was in Honduras and I was waiting on a line of Popeyes and uh, I was just waiting for right there and then a guy had a Giants hat and I was like, hey, nice hat. Oh, thank you. And then turned around and had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so so he's wearing a Giants hat probably because of you, but he still didn't recognize you? Yes, it's crazy. It's just because uh, everything. Like, it's crazy. Like, people come with Giants stuff and, like, hey, let's take a picture. You want me to sign it? Or, I'm like, it's, it's just crazy the amount of you know, support you can get from, from a country. Next up is hitting coach Donnie Ecker, who grew up in Los Altos loving the Giants. His coaching career was going well in Cincinnati, and he wasn't looking to leave until his dream team came calling. I mean, you've bounced around California your whole life. I was, you know, born in Bakersfield, Los Altos High. You went to Long Beach State. You coached at Los Altos High. You coached at Bakersfield College. G- give us a, a full idea of that background and what that, that uh, upbringing was like. And what do you consider home? Home is the Bay Area. It's where I spent, you know, from the age of and all the way until my my adult years. So, the the first first years of my life were in Bakersfield, and then Bay Area, Mountain View, Los Altos was that's considered home for me. Uh, and and how much of a part of of that upbringing in in the Los Al area? How much of your childhood then involved? the Giants like what, what What was your experience following that team growing up yeah um, you know I've, I've said this before um, you know when I was hired and you know I wasn't somebody that you know had a big imagination as a kid or I wasn't a I wasn't a big dreamer um, but the one thing that could spark a fire in me or, or inspire me was was candlestick and it was it was the Giants so it, that's just something that's lived inside of me um you know, I, I've joked, but like, I, I get it. You know, I, I understand the standards here. Um, I grew up watching it. So it's, it's just always been something that's, that's true inside my heart. And, you know, needless to say to to put on the uniform now is it's still surreal. Um, I, I was a candlestick kid too. What does that say about us? You got to be kind of hardcore to, to, to do that on a weekly basis. And those are, those are the roots, you know, I've, uh, it's the, it, to me, growing up in the Bay Area when I did, it was so blue collar, you know, and it's it's really known, you know, for big Silicon Valley now. But when I think Candlestick, I I think of the roots, I think of blue collar, um, yeah. you know, I think of all the the, the grassroots that eventually went into Oracle and all those World Series they won. How often did you go to games? Um, I I. I'd probably catch about 10 a year. Okay. 
Um, and, yeah. and, you know, what are, what are some of the memories? Who are the players that, that stand out? Who, who are your favorite guys? I mean, it was, it was Barry. And, uh, and then I was a big fan of, of our managers. I was a big fan of, of Felipe Alou, Dusty Baker, uh, Ron Lotus, and then the Bruce Bochy years. Um, I've always gravitated towards studying and, and watching coaches actually even more so than, than players. So, I was always really attracted to the leadership and um, some of those those head figures that were were mainstays. But you know, of course, you 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 grow up and and in that area, and you know, Barry Bonds is is everything. You you stop every single time he's on TV. The whole stadium stops when he's hitting. Um, he, he definitely captured my attention. I've gotten that feeling every time I've talked to you uh, that that you were always destined to be a coach. I mean, if you were a young person and you were most excited about, you know, Felipe Alou and, and Ron Wotus, <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. this is truly what you were meant to do. Yeah, it's man, especially during those years with with Boach and Woe, I I anytime the camera would be at an angle, I wouldn't, you know, the side angle of the hitter, I would go right into the dugout and I'd watch them. And, and now being as close to, as close to Ron Lotus as I am now, I, I probably bombard him with so many questions and, Hey, what were you thinking in this, this situation? What about, you know, the series against Detroit? What were you doing there? And, um, it, it's really fun. You know, those guys didn't have all the analytics and computers. So they were figuring out stuff with their, their heart and their gut and their eyes. And, and it's, uh, Pretty fun to study. Uh, any games that that stand out from attending when you were younger? Were, were, were there some great moments where where you were there? What What are your favorite memories? Yeah, um, Bonds is his record breaking homer. Um, I, I didn't know who Matt Kane was at all, but I happened to go to Kane's debut, and <laughs> I remember I remember being slightly disappointed, you know, that it wasn't wasn't somebody else like Lincecum and. Um, and I, you know, I'm like, who's this Matt Kane debut? And, and he had a nice outing and obviously, you know, a, a fantastic career. Um, and then, uh, the 2010, uh, playoffs, um, those were a few that stand out, but I'll tell you like nothing more than the, the 10, 12, 14, that decade run being glued to the TV, watching every single pitch that, that still trumps every game that I attended in person. Uh, so with all of this a part of your past, um, w- what does it mean to you to to be putting this uniform on now on a daily basis? Mm. Mm. It, I'll continue to use this word, but it's it's uh, it's gratitude and it's this deep responsibility, you know. To um, specifically in my domain, it's it's to to build an offense here that nobody wants to face. So. You, you honor the past with everything you, you have and you understand the people that have paved the way before you. And now putting on that uniform, it's, it's like we, you know, we, we owe it to Boach, we owe it to Sabian, we owe it to Will Clark, we, we owe it to Lincecum, Zito, like go on and on all the way back to Willie Mays. Like every day I put on that uniform, I think about those guys. And then it's like, let's get to work and make sure that they're proud. You know, they're proud of turning the TV on and watching our offense. That's an amazing answer, and and you put it on every day now. But I I wonder, and I I bet I bet you do remember the very first time that you put it on. Uh, what what were the emotions you were feeling when you did that? 
just had to check myself, you know, like, <laughs> okay, you know, it's really putting on the cream, you know, because it's the creams are unique across all of baseball, like the Giants cream, you know, it's, it's what stands out about our uniform. So um, I think that it's going to be even a little bit more this year with fans, but the first game I ever coached in Oracle was against the Giants when I was the Cincinnati Red. So, uh, and I can tell you, I didn't like it. You know, I, I, huh. I, I didn't like it at all. It just never felt right. <laughs> so putting on the Giants uniform and, and, you know, representing them, taking care of our home stadium and, and wearing the creams is, there's nothing like that. Was it always a goal to to work with the Giants, or did you even allow that to, to be a goal? Because I know it, it sort of happened quickly. Like, your rise through the ranks happened quickly, and you've stated you weren't looking to leave the Reds. But but did you have eyes for, for getting back home at some point? I, I never thought about it in my journey. <clears throat> never. It, it just it wasn't even on my radar. And, you know, I never thought I was going to be a major league hitting coach. I never, like I said, I wasn't a big dreamer. I wasn't a five-year goal guy. I'm still not, um, you know, just deeply obsessed with the craft. And wherever you're at, you want to be the best that you can be in that moment for the people that you're in charge for. And and to your point, it it did happen fast. And, um, you know, during that end of my year in Cincinnati, I'm, I'm looking at buying a house there. Uh, you know, was on David Bell's staff. I got promoted to the director of hitting where I was going to help with the, you know, be with the big league team, but also oversee everything they do A to Z offensively. And, um, you know, I'd gotten calls for other head jobs and I actually had turned those phone calls down because I was really happy with where I was. And, and then you knew, I knew the giants made moves and that there were openings. And then when cap got hired, I actually was like, Oh man, bummer. Because, I didn't know him at all. Never met him, never talked to him. So, you know, and then that phone rings and it was like, you know, is this a joke or are we really, we really going to do this? So that's when it became real. Um, and then obviously, you know, the interview process and, and here we are. You mentioned that that hiring process under Gabe was, was one of the most exhaustive things you've ever seen. What, what did you have to do? You know, I think, Hopefully everyone, if they've studied, you know, Cap at all, they know he's meticulous and extremely thorough and he's going to turn over every single rock in everything he does. Um, So the interview process was no different. It was, you know, the first one was an eight to ten hour day through seven different departments. So it's really getting touch points with front office, medical, strength and conditioning, farm directors, advanced scouting, biomechanics, analysts, you know, you, you got to go through all those departments. Um, it's not just see ball, hit ball. You know, when I talk to the medical staff, I need to talk with, with Gresh about what's the plan with Buster Posey with his hips. You know, what are we going to do with his back foot to alleviate hip flexor issues? How are we going to clean up that path? You know, what are we going to do with Brandon Belt? You know, what's going on in his torso? And then you go to strength and conditioning and you better have ideas on how you're going to program these things based on how they move. And then you go to the analyst and you better know all their analytics and how you're going to twist their game planning. So you go in all these categories. And once again, I think the, the modern day hitting coach, at least in, in our standard here to be a San Francisco giant hitting coaches, we put a lot, we put a lot on YouTube um, to be very thorough and, and kind of very buttoned up 
across the landscape in baseball. So it's not just, hey, you're a guy that, you know, puffs confidence into him. There's a lot more to it now. Okay, quick pause to tell you about our sponsor, T-Mobile, one of our favorite partners because of how relevant they are to Giants fans. Because you're never far from McCovey Cove when you've got America's largest and fastest 5G network. In other words, T-Mobile is your ticket to the game, whether you're home or away. The Giants are big league. Why don't you come on up and join them? Switch to T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Fastest 5G by Open Signal Awards based on average speeds in USA 5G Experience Report January 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. And now back to Inside Giant Moments. The story of Alyssa Nacken has so many chapters, and many are still being written. Chapter one is one we don't hear about very often. She grew up in Woodland, California, with a family that made sure she was polling for the orange and black as soon as she was three weeks old. Alyssa, it's always awesome to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, Mark. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. You know, I feel like in thinking about this, when we get to share your story, it's often about the present because there's so many cool things happening (laughs) to you in real time. But I also feel like because of that, we're maybe a little bit short on knowing about your past. So you grew up in Woodland. Uh, What what did baseball and and the Giants, by extension, mean to you when, when you were growing up? It meant like I. It felt like summertime whenever I thought about baseball. I I was three weeks old when I went to my first Giants game, and I'm the third <laughs> child, so I have two older brothers, and I'm the I'm the baby. And I, you know, this could be speculation, but from from other people who are also the third child or like the youngest in the family. Parents just seem to not like protect you as much as maybe the first, <laughs> and so r- rumor has it that um, I was passed around the the bleachers at Candlestick at three weeks old in a little Giants cheerleader outfit. So um, yeah, that I can't say that I remember that, but I do have some really good memories of of Candlestick Park and. Uh, going there every summer a couple of times with my family. And that was back when you could take food into a stadium. And I just remember getting there early and having like sandwiches in a little ice chest and getting there to watch BP and just trying to get like a home run ball or to get somebody to throw a ball over. It's actually been a pretty surreal experience because now we have fans in the stadium and so fans are coming early to VP and I'm just like seeing all these people and thinking man I I remember doing this like getting there as early as you could and trying to get a ball so Um, it's really cool I'm laughing extra hard because I have three children and so I completely relate to what you're talking about with how what we do with our third kids you you had no choice in this matter did you you were just going to be a Giants fan that's it that's it. Yeah, yes, I was. <laughs> with with all those memories, anything stand out? Like, do you have something uh, from from childhood and, and a trip to Candlestick Park that that sort of just like emblazoned in your memory there? Yeah, I, I I remember my grandparents would come with us to the games, and we I didn't get to see them too often throughout the year, but we always made sure we saw a game or two at Candlestick together and. That was just, I just remember feeling like 
relaxed and so like at ease and you know it was just a fun laid back time to just watch a game with with your grandpa you know so um, I also remember I became a Phillies fan right away because that was the first ball I was ever given uh, from so I can't remember who it was but a Phillies player staff member threw a ball to me and I thought that was the coolest thing um, and he mentioned that the reason why he threw it to me was because there were all these kids around me that were like bigger stronger like all these boys and then there was little old me with like a little giant hat like <laughs> waving it just asking <laughs> politely for a ball and I feel like that's my vibe now you know just kind of like stay humble stay quiet just observe and just Weasel your way in to wherever you can get. So, I mean, I, um, I, I, yeah, I love it. What an amazing analogy that you, and, and that you just connected there with uh, with that moment with uh, with the unnamed Philly to to what has ended up happening with your career. Yeah, exactly. So, um, um, but yeah, we have a lot of good memories. I was at Matt Cain's perfect game, which is just incredible. So, lots of good memories with the Giants. <laughs> Where were you sitting for Matt Cain's perfect game? Levi's Landing. It was oh, the best nice. spot ever. Nice. So cool. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. So you got a really good look at Blanco's catch. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's um, like an image I'll never forget. That was just incredible. Uh, definitely was. Did you have a favorite player, by the way, at any point through childhood? I really liked Benito Santiago. Um I just I really liked how he carried himself, and he seemed like a, a strong leader uh, behind the plate and just in the clubhouse. Uh, so I was a big fan, and Angel Pagan was also somebody that I loved to watch. I feel like he was just so entertaining, respected the game, played hard every single every single time he was on the field. Um, and then I really tried to emulate <laughs> JT Snow. I played first base in college, and. Uh, you know, he was somebody that I just I studied and tried to learn from and tried to kind of um, make my game like his. Um, it's easy to gather in listening to you that, that you were a baseball family. And, and as you just stated, you obviously then went on to have a lot of success in softball. So I wonder what the evolution of that was growing up you know did you play a lot with uh, with your brothers your your parents grandparents how did they go about introducing all of this to you my brothers played uh little league baseball in our hometown and they were teammates with dustin pedroia <laughs> um oh, wow. woodland was yeah woodland's a a baseball town um and so they played but i ne- i never played baseball it was I think my mom kind of consciously wanted to make sure that I was spending time with other girls too. I spent a ton of time with boys and was trying to play like every sport at school, like during lunchtime and, you know, all the boys were always playing football. So I was, I was always with them and my mom wanted me to have some interactions with girls and the softball program in, in Woodland is actually really strong. So, uh, you know, I was able to start softball at age seven and loved it. You know, I really had no, no desire to play baseball because I loved softball so much, but my best friend, Carly, she played baseball and played little league and she was the only girl on the team. And she played until I think she was maybe even 13, like at least 12, um, you know, when you're 11, 12, 13, like around 11, 12, 13 year old boys. I mean, 
you know, that's that's an experience for sure. So <laughs> yes. I was just I was inspired by her just, you know, keeping up with the boys and she was one of the best catchers in Little League in my opinion. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I mean as as this all starts to come together, you know, from from just what your family's doing, your personal experience with it, um at what point did a role with the Giants sort of become a goal or, or a vision of yours? It was when I noticed that they had an internship open up in the front <laughs> office and baseball up. I honestly didn't ever really think like it could be a possibility. And I just, I don't know why I, you know, as an athlete, all like growing up, I knew that I wanted to play division one softball. And that was my goal. Like I could see that. I thought about it all the time everything I did like was helping me lead like get to that goal and then then you graduate college (laughs) and you're like okay real real life is here and I I honestly had no idea what it was that I wanted to do and I was fortunate enough to get into a graduate program at the University of San Francisco and would show up to USF's baseball practices and just watch and sit there and just think like, man, I want to be like on that field, just around that, the coaching staff and, you know, just learn more. And then I just asked them and asked like, Hey, can I just be here? Can I help? Like I'm a really hard worker and uh, I just want to learn from you guys. So coach G and, and Greg Moore, He's now the head coach at St. Mary's, but Coach G, Greg Moore, and Troy Nakamura were like, yeah, you're hired, but we can't pay you, and (laughs) the hours are crazy. So uh, I started working for USF's baseball team and absolutely loved it. And that was when I realized, like, whoa, I think I could see myself having a career in baseball. And that next year is when I noticed that the Giants had an internship open up and I had some classmates that interned with the Giants and had different roles within the organization. And so that's really when I knew, okay, I think there's a lot of different avenues one could take to get to a professional sports team. You know, your story at USF, I think, is incredible and, and relatable. It's amazing what we can get or achieve in life if we just ask, right? And, and, and I wonder... <laughs> You know, that experience you just detailed, I, I, I bet you've kind of gone back to that well over and over again as you as you continue to achieve. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, um, you know, some of some of the best advice that I was given before actually was right before we started summer camp last year. So it was the, in the, during the shutdown, I was talking with Bobby Evans. And Bobby Evans was actually one of my supervisors when I was an intern in baseball ops with the Giants. And the advice that he gave was, hey, just just ask to be there. Like, just like if there's, you know, if guys are working in the cage, like ask to be there. If, if there's work going on in the pen, ask to be there. Ask questions. Just observe and absorb as much as you can. And, and what I realized, like I was I was doing that, you know, really, I think my whole life I just asked to be in a lot of places um but it, it's something like bobby just felt so eloquently like spoke about that and the importance of that and i just realized like yeah it's a way to kind of break down a wall and a barrier and and just have like 
some good conversations with people and you never know where those could lead you. So I'm a big fan of, of kind of, insert, you have to have feel, right? <laughs> like that's a big part of it. Right. You can't just go ask, ask for the world. Like right. you have to make the, the effort and do the work to set yourself up to succeed in whatever position you're asking to be in. So you get this internship with the Giants, and, and there's your family having, having taken you to Giants games throughout childhood. As you start, what's their reaction? Oh, they were so excited. They were so excited. They, the first game that they came to when I was an intern was uh, it was on my birthday, and like got, the people in the front office were like, oh, you should bring your family like in to see your cubicle and everything. And <laughs> I did that. And my mom, being my mom, was like, I saw her grab her camera and like take a picture of my <laughs> cubicle. I was like, mom, you can't do this. This is the show. Like, you can't be doing that. <laughs> um, so, no, they were, they were excited and um, very happy that I stayed, you know, fairly close. Woodland isn't too far from San Francisco. So they were really stoked about that. <laughs> um, I, I bet those pictures are still somewhere, though, aren't they? Oh, I'm sure they are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they are. <laughs> you know, if we had told the younger you, uh, let's say even, you know, 2005, you're 15, you're, you're playing high school softball. If we had told uh, that kid this story, what would her reaction have mm-hmm. been? Mm, that's that's a good question. I think the reaction would have been something along the lines of, this is a joke. <laughs> no way could this happen. Um, and I, but I, I also think like 15-year-old Alyssa was easily inspired. And so I think I probably would have gotten a lot of inspiration from it for sure. And, um, yeah, wow. That's, that's really, that's a great question to kind of think about. I think at 15, you know, you're thinking you need to be all these things and try to fit in at the same time. And I think deep down I knew like, man, I don't fit in with the cool crowd all the time, (laughs) but, um, you know, I, I understood the importance of staying the course and, like showing up every day to school and to practice and, and to life, like as a daughter and as a sister, like as a good person and somebody that could add value to whatever it is you're doing. But I, I, I don't know. I never thought too much about it. I just knew like, this is how one is supposed to be in society, right? Like respect others and stay the course and like work, work hard and intentionally don't just like work hard to work hard and hang your hat on that, but be very intentional about what it is that you're doing. So I think, yeah, 15 year old Alyssa would have probably laughed in your face if you told her the story and then like would have reflected a little bit and realized like, Oh yeah, I can totally see why and how that happened. I love the characteristic easily inspired. Uh, do mm. Do you consider that a blessing or a curse? Oh, depends on the day. Right? <laughs> I, no, I yeah. think I think overall, I, th- I think it's a blessing. Once you can really be conscious about what it is you're inspired by. I think growing up, I was inspired by literally, I think every 
professional, like working professional I came across. It was, okay, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a music producer. And it was only because like I saw these people or met these people and was like, I liked them and their lifestyle seemed cool. And the work that they were doing was uh, unique, but you know, over time, as I got a little bit older, I started to recognize the importance of not trying to be somebody that you're not. And so what I started to do was just look at these professionals and these just people that I was meeting and pick up on things and characteristics of theirs and make them my own. Um, You know, so instead of trying to be the, let's see, like a, a big time lawyer or doctor it's more of like okay well what characteristics make this person who i'm inspired by so good at what at their job oh they really know how to connect with people okay i'm gonna learn and like really strive to connect well with others okay how does this doctor do so well at her work oh she really cares about the human component to her patients as opposed to just looking at a chart and going like line by line. Okay, so I need to learn empathy and be conscious about that. So I think as I got older, the inspiration that I found in in others was super helpful for me because I understood, okay, I don't need to be exactly like this person and have their job title, but I want to take some of their best qualities and add them to my life where it fits. Uh, wow, I think that's really smart. You know, and 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 look at where all of that uh, has has gotten you. And and I know you mm-hmm. get asked a lot to reflect on what has taken place over the last couple of years of your life. But but specifically to now knowing that uh, you're not just a giant and and a key role with the Giants. You're in the Hall of Fame as as a Giant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've got to know what that reflection feels like and and sort of how you received that news. Mm, yeah, I mean I have chills every single time I talk about it or or I reflect on it, you know, and it's really humbling. And there are days where you just I feel like, man, there's so many others that need to be in there and need to have that recognition because without them I could never be here. And so what. What I really have learned to reflect on is like it's more it's not it's not just me personally. It is like a symbol of all the hard work from other females in the game and a lot of males in the game to help like push this door down and start to pave this path. And it's it's inspiring to me like and like, to know that this is a responsibility I have as well. And um, you know it it really helps me stay accountable and keeps me very humble and grateful for every single time I get to wake up and come to a baseball field for work, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, an, I mean, I still don't have the, the right words to say about how I feel about all of that. Uh, it's just in, incredible and, and eye-opening and um, sometimes like surreal. Yeah, I bet. I mean, Go back to the moment you found out, and and as you sit here now and think about then, what, what, how would you describe the, the the person you're looking at? Like, what was the reaction? My reaction, you know, it wasn't anything outrageous. Our um, our clubhouse manager, Brad Grimm, you know, he's he, he just came up to me one day before 
I think it was during spring training of last year and said, okay, so we need to order you like another set of your uniform because the hall of fame is going to want to take it and like take the one that you wear on opening day. And he said it like so casually, right? Brad's been around some of the best (laughs) players in the game and it seems so much. So he said it so casually and I'm so thankful that he did because then I just took it as like casual, like, okay, cool. Yeah. Makes sense. You know, like (laughs) first female. So just let me, let me know like what I need to do. And, uh, cool. (laughs) You know, and then like the, like the coronavirus came and we got shut down and, and then I kind of forgot about it. And then we get to LA and he was like, Oh yeah, there's going to be like a guy from the hall of fame. Who's going to want you to take your uniform off in the seventh inning give it to him, and then we'll give you another uniform to wear for the rest of the game. I was like, whoa, oh, okay. Um, but I never, my reaction was always just kind of like, all right, there we go. But then, you know, when you have some time to really think about it and reflect, it's like, wow, this is really incredible. And it's so important that others are seeing this, like not just young girls that go to the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, but to, to young boys, too, to see, like, oh, yeah, women totally belong in this environment, in this game, and can, you know, thrive here. So I think it's important that people see that. And, I mean, kudos to the Hall of Fame for recognizing the importance of that and putting it up so more people can see. Finally, the most notable Giants fan turned Giants player, the young Brandon Crawford in the famous picture, scared the Giants were about to leave town, became adult Brandon Crawford, two-time champion. Crawford shares what he remembers from those early days and how he transitioned into a star player for the team. You are such uh, an interesting story. We see this rarely in sports where somebody grows up in an area, a fan of a team, and then gets to actually live out that dream, and and actually play for that team. You know, we always see the picture that's become famous from the paper uh, of you in the stands looking sad as the Giants announced they were moving to St. Pete. What what do you actually remember about that day when the picture was taken? Shoot. Um, Not a whole lot, honestly. (laughs) Uh, I I remember more of – I think what my parents told me than, than actually remembering a whole lot myself. But, um, I mean, I just, I remember, I remember it being potentially my last time seeing the giants in San Francisco. Um, I, my, my parents had told me that, you know, this could be my last game, um, coming to candlestick to watch the giants. So, um, that probably explains the face a little bit. Right. Um, I was probably I was probably sad my ice cream was gone too because that chocolate malt was probably pretty good. That was all over my face. Uh, so that that could explain it a little bit too. I don't know. <laughs> and then I mean, as the picture comes out, and I don't know if I've ever heard this from you. Did you? Did it? Uh, did it make the rounds at that time? And did you, you know, get a lot of attention at school or whatever because of it? What What do you remember about the aftermath? Oh, I don't. I have no idea. I mean, it was in the Chronicle, so obviously, uh, you know, it's a it's a big paper, and especially in the Bay Area. But um, I don't know how many uh, first graders or whatever grade I was in, or, or kindergartners were were looking at the the newspaper back then. 
Um, so I don't, I don't remember a whole lot at school. I just, I know that, um, my parents made sure to, to, uh, to get a few, uh, editions of the paper that morning. And, um, you know, they, I'm, they still have the, some original copies, I think at the house. I would think so. Yeah. Gosh, I mean, it's becoming an iconic moment. And then, uh, with, with what ends up happening with your career, what a story. So like flash forward to 2008, <laughs> Uh, and 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 you're drafted by this team. What, what do you remember about that day? Um, I'm, I mean, I remember it being uh, bittersweet, honestly. Um, I mean, obviously, getting drafted by the Giants um, and seeing my name um, go off um, at the Giants' turn. Um, I think we were watching it on the uh, on the computer. Um, I mean, that was obviously very exciting. Uh, you know, I never, out of 30 teams, I didn't, you know, I, I heard from the Giants probably just as much, if not less, um, than some of the other teams, huh. um, you know, going, going into the draft. So, um, you know, I, I obviously had no idea. And, um, that part was exciting. Um, it was, it was a little bittersweet because, um, from slipping to the fourth round, because going into that season, um, I was still projected as as a potential first rounder, and um, you know, just didn't have a great junior year. It wasn't awful, but not but not great, and uh, ended up slipping to the fourth round. So that part was a little disappointing. You know, w- watching other names go off the board and um, other shortstops go off the board, and you know, I was still there. So that that part was a little disappointing, but obviously, it you know, it all worked out pretty well, and um, you know, I got to go to the Giants. Um, so I, obviously I was excited about that also. So, so you, you had very little idea that, that the giants had interest in you. Um, I mean, I think I had, I think I had talked to them, um, to, to, you know, somebody with, um, in the scouting department and, um, I, I, I forget if I had like a, like a sit down meeting. I know that, that, that happens. Um, occasionally, and I know it happened with a few teams, but um, I don't know if I ever actually sat down and, and talked to uh, to any giant scouts beforehand. But um, I had I had heard interest, but nothing nothing more than any other team for sure. To what level have you had moments in your career where where you look back on what may have felt disappointing at the time because you fell to the fourth round, and, but then now looking at what that ended up leading to. Uh, have those thoughts crossed your mind as, as a veteran player? Have you ever reflected on that? I mean, I think the only time that I really, at this point that I really think about, you know, draft day or, or being a fourth rounder or anything like that is when I'm asked about it. Yeah. Because obviously everything, everything worked out, um, you know, even better than I, that I, than I ever imagined, um, you know, winning a couple world series and, you know, going into my um, 11th season now with the Giants, like I never would have imagined um, anything like that happening. So, um, you know, definitely not disappointed anymore about being a fourth rounder or anything like that. Um, Obviously I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with, with the way everything worked out. Uh, So let's go backward a little bit. Um, why don't you describe like what what kind of a Giants fan were you as a kid? Was this was this like oh you know you ended up at a game? I'm a fan. There's some malts or were, like was this a big part of your childhood? How would you describe it? Uh, I I was just a huge baseball fan in general. Uh, I mean the Giants were 
were far and away my favorite team. Um, but you know, I knew I knew players on. I mean, I think every team uh, definitely as I got older. But you know, I was probably closer to when that picture was taken. I, I definitely knew all the Giants and um, knew of other players around the league. Um, I was just I was baseball twenty four seven. So. Um, you know, playing in the backyard, playing in the front yard, throwing balls off the wall, which probably annoyed my parents um, <laughs> all the time. But, but I mean, I, my dad was a huge baseball fan, and I think he just kind of he gave that gave that uh, love of the game to me. Uh, was but, it I mean, baseball I, I cards? Yeah, what, was it baseball cards? Yeah. Like, how does a how does a, a, a seven, eight, nine year old track players all over the country? Uh, I think I think a lot of it started with baseball cards because uh, my dad had a, a pretty good collection and um, kind of started me on that. Also, we would go to like card shows and um, a lot of times it was it was like trying to get autographs or something like that. But then you know we would stop by all those all those card tables and I would want a, a pack or two and um, I would I just ended up um, collecting them in binders and stuff like that. And you just you get to know the names and. Um, you know, when a visiting team comes in, you know, you know, half of their team also. I, I thought that was kind of fun, you know, as a baseball fan, as a little kid. Uh, what did it feel like the first time you saw a card in your hand that was, was you on it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think my first ever card was um, was actually in college. We uh, I played on the, the national team, the college uh, national team after my freshman year. And uh, everybody had a card from that t- from that team, so that was the first time I really saw one. I thought it was really cool because I, I, mean, I was still 19 years old um, the first time I saw it. So um, I thought it was awesome. Uh, who was your favorite player growing up? Um, Royce Clayton was was my guy for a while. Um, yeah. You know, being a Giants fan and um, playing shortstop and um, in little league and you know the t-ball i guess you kind of rotate all positions but shortstop was my favorite so i would always make sure to pay a little extra attention to the shortstops and um you know royce clayton being the shortstop of the giants um, became my favorite player i don't know if he if he made some cool plays on a game i went to or or uh you know got a big hit or something i'm not sure but but he became my guy um for a while how often did you go to games Um, I honestly don't remember. I, I know as I got older, it, it was kind of, um, working around, you know, whatever, whatever other sport I had going on or, you know, a kind of busier schedule, um, you know, in middle school and high school and stuff like that. Um, but I feel like I would, even then I would still get to, um, I don't know, probably 10, maybe, maybe more than 10 a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then as a little kid, I, I, I kind of feel like I went to more um, as a younger kid because didn't have as much going on. But honestly, I, I don't know. You know, you, you mentioned that uh, it's something that, that your dad kind of handed down to you. But I, I wonder how you also would just put into words that when you were a kid and you did fall in love with the game and fall in love with the Giants, what was it? What, what, what was it that brought you to the game? So, um, I don't know. I think I think just being out – um, and just watching, watching sports, watching baseball. I mean, it, it's, I don't know if I can answer it 
you know, other than it was my dad that introduced me to it. And then I just, I think I loved it because he loved it. But then also just going out to a game and, you know, having, having a hot dog and, and watching baseball and, you know, a chocolate malt maybe to finish it off and, um, just being outdoors with, with my dad or our mom or whoever ended up taking me to a game that day. I think that, that was the coolest part. Uh, it sounds like it's a lot about the chocolate malts, and, and, and I'm not mad at that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know if I, I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed the chocolate malts, but I, I was just referring to that picture mostly because I, I, it was all over my face and shirt. Um, <laughs> You're not doing but, it right if it's not all over. I mean, come on. That's, that's the way you do it. Yeah. Right. As I got older, it was the it was that cookie ice cream sandwich that they, that oh. they <laughs> Yes, I've uh, I've put a number of those away. I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, you know, look, I mean, you're a pretty low key guy, uh, but I wonder as we then you know sort of sort of push forward to what ended up happening. And, and, uh, like, how long did it take you to get used to the idea that that now you're one of these players? Like, you're putting this uniform on. Uh, that, that uh, you know, you watched Royce Clayton, you watched all these others uh, as you're growing up, and now now you're one of them. What, what, what did that feel like? Um, I mean, I don't know if there was ever really, like, one moment where, um, you know, I was just kind of, like, in awe of, of what was going on or being on the Giants or, or anything like that. It was it, – it, I think about it more, I think, when I kind of reflect back on – on things that have happened throughout my career, whether it's, you know, winning the world series and, um, you know, after the parade or something, um, or, um, you know, reflecting back on, a on, on my career at this point. Um, and, and just all that's been, uh, that I've accomplished and our team's accomplished while I've been on it. Um, you know, it, it's times like that where it's kind of, um, kind of more eye-opening or, or kind of like, wow, I, I can't believe this actually all happened, you know, because mm. um, I never would have imagined it as a little kid. I, I don't think there was ever a moment, though, while I've been playing or, or even in the minor leagues um, where it's like, you know, like I can't believe this is happening to me or anything like that. I, I, I feel like I, I just, I mean, like you said, I'm a pretty low-key low, low key guy, and I, I think I just try to, you know, kind of take it one game at a time or one day at a time. And um, I know that's, that's very cliche, especially for baseball players, but I mean, that's, that was honest, honestly my approach, you know, after, after draft day and going into the minor league system and, and just trying to work my way up to the big leagues eventually um, just by taking it one game at a time. And um, I, I, I guess if there was one moment, it was probably when I got called up um, in, in 2011. And then, you know, put the uniform on and, and played my first game um, out in Milwaukee. I mean, that, that I guess, if you're, if we're going to pick one time where it was really like, wow, I can't believe this is happening to me, I guess it would be done. What what was, go back to 2011, what what was your story? What what was the call-up story, and, and what do you remember from it? <laughs> it, was, it was a little bit different than most, I think, because um, I think there were two games left in, in – uh, minor league camp and spring training and I was trying to lay down a bunt and and broke my finger so I, I ended up being out for six to six to eight weeks something like that um, with a broken finger ended up um, I was supposed to go to AAA um, Fresno at the time um, to begin that season 
Um, but since I broke this, broke my finger, uh, I didn't really rehab a whole lot in Arizona. I can't remember the exact reason, but um, didn't rehab a whole lot there. And they, they sent me to San Jose to start just to get some at-bats and, and start rehabbing before going to AAA. Um, and I had been there for a couple weeks, kind of was expecting the call up to AAA at some point pretty soon because I had been feeling good. Um, you know, the finger was feeling good. I was feeling good at the plate um, and, you know, kind of got my legs under me for the season. So I kind of expected to get that call. And um, we were in Bakersfield, a beautiful ballpark there in Bakersfield, uh, which is not there anymore. Um, and um, I, uh, I had heard that Buster had gotten hurt um, in the game that night. And I, I had a pretty good game at the plate there in, in Bakersfield that um, I had heard about Buster obviously um, was, was sad for him. And, um, you know, I got drafted with him. So I was, um, I was pretty good friends with him at the time. And, you know, I obviously sad for him and, and the team, but, um, you know, maybe an hour after I had heard about that, uh, I got a call from, from Bobby Evans and um, he actually asked me how quickly I could get to Fresno. I was like, well, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know, Bobby, <laughs> you know, I'm in Bakersfield, so I'm, I don't have a car. We, t- we came on the team bus. So what do you mean? He's like, oh, okay, well, I'm just trying to figure out how I can get you and, uh, and Chris Stewart um, up to San Francisco for tomorrow. I'm like, well, like, what are you talking about? Chris Stewart was, you know, like a catcher and, and triple a at the time. And he was going to come up for Buster. Um, and I think it was probably a little less widely covered, but, uh, Mike Fontenot had gotten hurt that, that night also. Um, so they needed a middle infielder. So then it kind of clicked on it. Like, Oh my gosh, he's calling me up right now. Uh, (laughs) So ended up taking a flight from Bakersfield, um, up to San Francisco early that next morning and, um, got there a little before game time, um, so yeah, that, that was that was kind of a call up story. I mean, that's a little bit of a passive way to explain to a guy that he's getting a call to the big leagues for his <laughs> uh, for his childhood dream team, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think he he probably kind of explained it a little bit better than that, but that's how I remember it. Um, um, yeah, he yeah. he definitely said something about how I could get to Fresno. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> And then are there any other plateaus? I mean, maybe this is me putting it on you, but, I mean, if you're you're sitting in a parade heading through San Francisco, does it hit your mind at any moment? Like, you know, little, little Brandon is now in a parade because the Giants won the World Series and I got a ring. Yeah, I mean, that was, <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was uh, definitely uh, something that I'll always remember. Um, and what, and I guess kind of one of those times where, um, I did kind of reflect on what had happened and, um, you know, my time as being a Giants fan growing up, I obviously never got to witness a parade. Uh, right. so uh, to be, to be in one, I mean, I, yeah, I wasn't up there. I was I think in Southern California or something in, in 2010. So I kind of got, I saw bits and pieces of the 2010 uh, parade, but, um, as a fan growing up, never got to see one. So, uh, you know, to be in one, um, you know, cruising down Market Street, which, 
you know, going into the city as a kid, you know, you had, you had gone through market street a few times and, um, to be going down a parade and everybody cheering for you was, um, was pretty awesome. I want to ask you also about, uh, Mauricio Dubon, now, uh, a, a teammate who, uh, you know, for, for him, you were, were his Royce Clayton, uh, as, as he was coming up, uh, and now he's on the team. And, and I think he gets asked about that a lot, his high regard for you as he was coming up as a Giants fan. What's it been like for you to have this like super fan of yours become a teammate? Uh, it's been great. He's he's he doesn't seem like a super fan. Um, I mean, he definitely uh, talks a lot and asks me a lot of questions. But I, I actually I appreciate that. I appreciate that from from a younger player. Um, you know, asking a, a veteran guy, um, you know, about stuff about playing shortstop, about uh, approaches at the plate, or you know what. Um, you know, different aspects, aspects of the game or, or, um, about the coaching staff or, you know, stuff like that. Like he's always asking questions and I, you know, I, I'm always available to, to answer anything he has for me. So, um, I actually like that a lot about him. Um, and he doesn't come across as a super fan. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's nice. Also, I mean, we've definitely talked about it a few times, but, um, but no, he's, he's, he's a good, good young player and, and um, fun to have in the clubhouse. Thanks so much for listening to Inside Giant Moments presented by T-Mobile. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review and share this episode with your friends and family. To make sure you never miss these exclusive conversations each week, subscribe and follow the Inside Giant Moments podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.